This is Rhema for Today. Preach God's Word. You don't have to give your opinion. What you think about it is unimportant. Just what God says about it, though, is important. What does God's Word say? Well, then I wasn't surprised at all after 45 minutes of that uh, discourse. When he gave an invitation for folks to be saved, not a soul went. I didn't blame him. I wouldn't go either. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching, Mountain Moving Faith, next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Instead of majoring in the main things of God's Word, those are the things that's important, like faith, faith is the most important subject in the whole Bible. person asked me one time, said, Brother Hagin, preacher, you know, said, you know, I've been preaching here, and I've never preached on the subject of faith yet. Why do you preach so much on it? I said, because a man that don't preach faith never preached the Bible yet. There's not anything in the Bible that's important as this subject. You can't be saved without it, because by grace are you saved through faith, and that's not of yourself, it's a gift to God. You can't live for God without it. You can't please God without it because the Bible said without faith it's impossible to please Him. The Bible said we walk by faith and not by sight. This, this Christian walk is a faith walk. And then I said you can't fight without it because the Bible said that's the only fight we're supposed to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. And when I gave that fellow all those scriptures he just took there and sort of blinked his eyes, you know. The man said I better get to preaching, hadn't I? I said yeah, you sure have. Amen. Well, no wonder he and his congregation we're not successful Christians, but rather negative Christians and defeated Christians, and the devil holding high carnival in their lives, simply because the, the real truth was not preached. And you know, it's the most difficult thing in the world to receive from God in, in an atmosphere of, of doubt, in an atmosphere of, of, uh, that's negative instead of positive. I remember I was holding a meeting in a certain city several years ago, and again, to be a little more explicit about it, it was the month of October of 1952. And uh, I remember that uh, we, 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 of course, in the city, we just had, uh, and was there for three weeks, so we had Saturday off, you see. But five, two services a day, five days a week, and then on Sunday. And so I, I remember this, that uh, on one of the Saturday nights, during this three weeks, the pastor said to me, I was traveling alone at the time, he said to me, Brother Hagin said, my wife and I are going to drive out here in a little suburban town. We're going to drive out here and uh, be in service tonight. Uh, certain ministers there preaching. They have Saturday night services. And uh, we just thought, now, you know, you're by yourself. You're, you're lonesome or something. You'd like to go with us. We'd be glad to have you. He said, well, I believe I will. I believe I'll go with you. So we went. Well, now, this was the third week I learned of these people's revival. They'd been there three weeks. And they was going to close out the next night on Sunday night, and they did. And uh, we'd been running about two weeks in, ran another week, and they made mention of the fact that they hadn't had a dull service, but not one single person had been saved. Not one single person had been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And we'd had about 50 people saved, and... Uh, about 55 baptized in the Holy Ghost, you know, and people were receiving something from God. But it didn't take me long till I found out why. Now, don't misunderstand me. They were good people. We don't, we're not talking about anybody's, you know, 
but we're just simply meaning this to be uh, constructive criticism, destructive criticism, wrong. But see here, we're not mentioning any person, any name of any person, any name of any church, so it doesn't destroy anybody. And so finally the minister got up and preached, the, the evangelist, and, and he took a tech, his text from the Old Testament, and that's perfectly all right if you'll be sure that you interpret it in the light of the New Testament. Because after all, we're not living under the Old Covenant, we're living under the New Covenant. And then secondly, of course, there's some things back there that really doesn't apply to us anyhow. Well, he helped to get a hold of something back there that really didn't apply to the Christian at all. And I wondered, you know, after he first read it, what in the world he's going to do with it. And then when he started out, he had three points to his sermon. And here's what he did. He started out first by his first point. Sort of presented this point. And I got three points in my sermon now. Now, point number one, he gave that. And then he said, after he'd given his point, he said, now let me tell you how I've got this figured out. Well, now, the minute he said that, you see, I thought to myself in my own mind immediately. Now, Paul told Timothy, preach the word. He didn't say, Timothy, go tell them how you've got it figured out. You know, people's not interested in my opinions. I mean, you know, my opinion is no better than yours. Neither one of them any good. But what God's word said is important. Are you listening to me? God's word, what God's word says is important. So, so let me tell you how I've got this figured out. So he took 15 minutes to tell how he had it figured out. My, 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 I didn't know a fellow could sit in church and hurt in so many different places. <laughs> tell you the truth about the real truth about the way he had it figured out was ridiculous. Then he got down finally, and I was glad he got over that one, and I hoped, you know, that he'd get to something a little better. But he got out to his second point and he gave it. And then he said, now let me give you my opinion on this. Well, again, I thought of what Paul said to Timothy. Preach the word. He didn't say, Timothy, give them your opinion. Tell them how you've got it figured out. No, he said, let me give you my opinion. And I'll tell you, I struggled through his opinion. Oh, my, 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 my. His opinion was all out of line, really, with the word of God entirely. So we finally... He announced he got down to his third point, and I sighed, sighed of relief. Thought, well, maybe he'll give us something. Now, he hadn't given us anything yet. You know, I tell people all the time, have enough when you go to church, have as much sense as an old cow. Eat the hay and leave the sticks. <laughs> Amen. But so far, I hadn't got any hay at all. It's all sticks. <laughs> so I thought maybe he would give us a little hay anyhow. So he presented this third point, and then he said, just as soon as he gave him, he said, now let me give you my theory on this. Oh, brother. Let me tell you what I think about this, how I've got it figured out. Let me give you my opinion on this. Let me give you my theory on this. That's not what God said. Preach God's word. You don't have to give your opinion. What you think about it's unimportant. Just what God says about it, though, is important. What does God's word say? Well, then I wasn't surprised at all after 45 minutes of that uh, discourse when he gave an invitation for folks to be saved, not a soul went. I didn't blame him. I wouldn't go either. Because he wound up when he gave the invitation saying, we're going to sing invitation here. And you know, if you're here and you're lost, I know they are because I've talked to some here. I know you're a sinner. 
Well, I said, come to this altar, you know, and pray here. He said, you can't never tell God might save you. <laughs> yeah, he actually said that. Actually said that. God might save you. Well, I immediately thought about what the Word of God said. Jesus said, him that cometh unto me, I'll know why he's cast him out. Not a matter if he might do it. Amen. Amen, isn't that right? He said, him that cometh unto me, I'll know why he's cast him out. See, give them the Word, and then they'll have faith to come. But no wonder it didn't come, said God might save you. Well, they sang a verse, and nobody came. He talked a little bit more and go to sing another verse. Said, now, now come on, pray. It won't hurt you anyhow. Said, you can't never tell. This might be your night. Well, I mean, they thought of what the scripture. I'd have told people, this is your night. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Amen. Isn't that right? And then finally, nobody came. So he said, well, we're going to sing another verse now. He said, I'm not going to hold you. This is Saturday night. I know we've got to come in the morning Sunday school church. But he said, we're going to sing another verse. And, 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 and you know, he said, if you want to be saved, while well, you come here to the altar. said, now, the, God might save you. He said, you know, after all, this might be your night. Repeated that all again. And then he gave his own experience. Now, it's all right to refer to experience if, if it's in line with God's word. But my friends, experience can be misleading. And you can't build on experience. Are you listening to me? You must build on God's word and have experiences in line with God's word. I'm not interested in experiences just as such. I'm not interested in having an experience. I'm interested only in having an experience in line with God's word, having what God's word said belongs to me. See, a lot of times somebody wants an experience like somebody else's. God never promised you an experience like somebody else's. He just promised you an experience according to the word. And I'm not so sure I'd want somebody else's experience anyhow. And I don't doubt some of them had an experience like that, but, uh, but if it's not in line with God's word, well, I'm not so concerned about it. Now, for instance, this man gave his experience. He said, you know, I had to pray three days and three nights before I could get God in the notion of saving me. Yeah, I know. I felt the same way you did about it. I thought, dear Lord, dear Lord. I immediately thought of what the scripture said. Why, in the book of Ephesians, the very first chapter, the word of God said Christ was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Well, that means God was in the notion of saving him before he ever made the world. He didn't have to get God in the notion of saving him. Wasn't God in the notion of saving him when he sent Jesus? What do you think he sent Jesus for? God so loved the world that he gave. Isn't that a sign he's in the notion? Amen. I'm saving him. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. See? I immediately thought about what the scripture said. Well, I'd, I'd have told people what the Bible said. But see, he gave his opinion. He gave his experience. I had to pray. Well, see, because he was in darkness, because he's seeking God in the dark, because he's praying in the dark, because he's in unbelief. He had to pray three days and three nights, he said, before he could talk God in the notion of saving me. He said, I thought he wasn't going to do it. But finally, after three days and nights, I talked him in the notion of saving me. And I thought to myself, dear Lord, why, there's nobody going to come. I wouldn't if I was a sinner. I wouldn't come because he just got through telling me I'd probably have to pray three days and nights and after that I might not even get saved. No, sir. You see, telling folks what you think about it 
giving people your opinion, telling people your theory only produces unbelief. Paul said, preach the word. See, faith, faith comes by hearing the word. Hallelujah. By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. This offer begins with three CDs from Kenneth E. Hagan entitled, Casting Your Cares Upon the Lord. Also from Kenneth Hagan, the three CD series, Keeping Stress from Becoming Distress. And the mini book from Kenneth E. Hagan, How to Turn Your Faith Loose. All this for the special price of $28. That's $19.95 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. And then, of course, the last of September, September the 24th through the 26th, ladies, Kindle the Flame right here on campus. It is our 20th Kindle the Flame. I can't believe it's been Can that long. Can you believe it's oh, no, been I that can't, long? I can't, I can't. <laughs> My goodness. I know. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagen with his teaching, Mountain Moving Faith. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org. Thanks for listening to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.